Okay, all you missed if you're listening is the prayer. So, uh, so if you got your Bibles, open up to uh, Joshua chapter uh, six. And so we've been going through. Uh, I know we didn't have class last week because we had uh, the fifth Sunday and whatnot, and um, we've been going through the book of Joshua, and uh, here more recently, since basically the beginning of the year, we've been talking about this stuff on planning. And it, you might be like me, and you're like, okay, we've been talking about planning for a long time. Like, it was good for a minute, like, but as I was like trying to get all this put back together, I'm like, we got to be about done with this. Like, we've talked about it, we've hit it every way, and we've done all this, and uh I honestly didn't even really want to do this. I just felt like God was really pressing me to do it. And I've heard really good feedback. I mean, as good as you guys would give because y'all don't talk that much. But uh, throughout the weeks, uh, you know, that it's been good. But I will say, like, as I was thinking through this, as I was thinking through, like, man, are are we about done with this? Because I kind of broke it into three weeks. Like, that is what good planning does. That is what good planning does is by the time you actually get to what we're going to talk about today the the execution of the plan like you've already been through it so many times in your head that it's like second nature you've already like it's already been played out it's, it's already done you're like okay so what are we talking about now we've already talked about all this different stuff that goes into you know how we're going to formulate our plan and, and all the like it, it almost seems redundant well that's how it should be by the time you go to battle that's how it should be by the time you step out and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, we've sat down, we've talked about it, we've kind of formulated it, now we're actually going to go through it. Like, it's already happened in our minds, and we kind of already know the results because we know God's on our side. And and so, as I was like, are we going to be done with this soon? I'm like, that's how it should be. Like, that's what good planning will do. It will cause you to already have it figured out. You've already seen how this thing plays out. And so, for, for the last three weeks, we've been going through... Uh, uh, three steps to a successful plan. And so the first week we talked about internal planning. Uh, the second week uh, we talked about verbal planning. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then today we're going to talk about the execution of the plan. And I'm going to review this a little bit just because I don't know who all has or hasn't heard it. And then we're going to wrap this thing up, put a bow on it today, and we're going to move on. And it's all been based out of Joshua chapter 6. And, and so if you have your Bibles flipped there to start with, and we'll, and we'll go through this. But we know that Joshua chapter 6 is the 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 chapter where uh, they go in and they take Jericho, right? And so I've heard this taught so many different ways. And as I was, it just happened to be, I'm sure, you know, that's how things work in, in, in life, right? It's just all happenstance. That's, that's not how things work, right? Everything is ordained with a plan with God. And so God had a plan how this whole thing was going to work out. And I had talked about, or I'd been praying about different ways to teach through going, going into Jericho because, you know, we've heard, you know, you march around the city, you shout really loud. And, you know, I thought about really trying to draw it out. And there's so many people and they're wrapped around the city. And, but like, everybody's heard that, or I'm, I'm guessing most of you have heard that different ways taught. And so this is kind of a different way to look at it. And we've been going through this planning thing. And so the first week when we talked about internal planning, I had, cause it all breaks down, right? In lists. So. Three questions for you to ask uh, when you begin the planning process. And if you want to get this, go back and listen to it because it really was good stuff. I'm just a more out with it. Like I'm, I'm a squirrel guy. Like I see something new and shiny. I'm like, I wanna, I'm ready to go do this now. And so uh, anyway, so three questions for you to ask while you begin the process. And so the first one was, am I willing to give up control and, and willing to submit? Because that's what you have to do. you got to be willing to, to give up the control and submit to what God has for you uh, as you start thinking about a plan. The second one was, do I see things with my eyes or God's eyes? Um, because you know, it's another good way to put that is like, am I am I walking by faith or by sight, right? Am I am I 
doing things in my power or God's power, kind of how that thing. And then the last one was, have I asked, you know, the Lord what his plan is? Because at the end of the day, you can have really good ideas of what you're going to plan and what you want to do. You probably ought to make sure that it lines up with what God wants you to do or the way that God's leading your life and different things. And so those are all internal plans. Before you ever say a word, right, you have to do that. And so then last week, or I say last week, it was two weeks ago, we talked about the verbal aspect of the planning. And so this is the part that I always struggle with. I do really good with internal planning. I'm an internal processor kind of guy. I like to think things through. I formulate a plan. I'm like, okay, let's go. And then my wife's like, where are we going? Oh yeah, I didn't tell you. Like this was the plan. And so I struggle with that. I I told you guys that last week. So, uh, with the verbal planning, there were three, what, what I used action items, because Brian says that all the time. Three action items, uh, that now, uh, now that you have a vision from the Lord, what are you, what are you going to do about it? And so, uh, the first one was you need to meet with your leaders and tell them what God has told you to do, or your spouse, or whoever it is that you're moving for. Meet with the leaders and tell them what God has told you to do. And this was all based out of, uh, going into Jericho, right? So, uh, Joshua got the, the plan from the Lord, and now he goes in and he's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to the leaders. This is the plan. And then after that, so the first one was meet with the leaders, tell them what he's told you to do. The second one, after you've told the leaders, make sure the vision gets to the people. Immediately, Joshua, he goes, he tells the leaders, then he goes to the people, hey, get in line, we're going to march, this is the plan, right? He tells everybody, the plan gets to everybody, everybody knows, your, your, your family plan, everybody knows what's going on, you have to take time, sit down, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and then the third thing in the verbal planning is expect results. Uh, don't be surprised because this is, this happens. Don't be surprised when people buy into the plan, right? And so, uh, Paige and I, I, I have told you, I told you for several weeks, like we've been talking about, you know, I, I kind of sat down and wrote some things down. And so we actually did uh, get to sit down and, and talk through some things. And, you know, the, nothing was like earth shattering, uh, other than like, we're going to have a family game night now. And I'm like, I mean, I've heard those divide families, but I mean, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so. Just different things. Like that was just, that was just one thing. But anyway, like different things that we're going to do. And so we actually did get to sit down and, and, and talk things through. And, and it was, it was a good to do that because it doesn't do any, anybody any good to have a bunch of plans if we don't, you know, talk about them and decide which direction we're going to go and, and things like that. And so that was, that was the last week. So you've got internal planning. You've got verbal planning. We've been talking about all this planning and like, what do we do? So now, like by the time, it actually happens by the time we actually march into Jericho. Like, it's just kind of like old hat. We've already talked about it. We understand what's going to happen. And so today we're going to talk about the execution on the plan. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, you know, pick up, let's pick up in verse uh, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 12. So basically Joshua has went to the leaders. He's like, hey, this is the plan. Get in line, go. We're going to blow the trumpets. We're going to march, right? He tells the people, hey, get in line, go. We're going to march. And they do it for one day. Right, so that's that's where we have been so far. Then you pick up in verse twelve, and it says, uh, "And Joshua rose up early in the morning." This is after the first time they've done this. And the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests uh, bearing seven trumpets, ran horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward uh, came after the ark uh, of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they can pass the city once and return to the camp. So they did six days, like over and over and over again. You guys know the story, okay? And it came to pass, verse 15, on the seventh day that they rose early in the dawning of the day and can pass the city after the same manner seven times. Like this took a while. Um, and we'll talk about why this took a while, but this didn't just like, just going around the city once, 
took a while. Like, I've read different accounts. Nobody can give you an exact answer. Uh, I've seen uh, somewhere around maybe 600,000 people uh, in the nation of Israel at this time. Now, Jericho is a pretty good-sized city, but uh, 600,000 people in a line, um, there's, there's a lot of people. You know, we're talking like, I don't know how it all worked out because at some point we're like so many people deep. The line just keeps getting, there's a lot of people. And so to do it once took a while. And then on this day, they did it seven times. Like, there's a lot of marching. There's a lot of going on here. And um, and it, it says, uh, and it came to pass in verse 16, at the seventh time when the police, or not the police, the, the priest blew with the trumpets, uh, Joshua said unto the people, shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab uh, and the harlot shall live, she and all that are uh, in her house, because she had hid the messengers that we sent. So now that we're finally actually going through with the plan, you know, we've, we already know what's going to happen. He's already told the people what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. And so as we get into the execution of the plan, here's what I have today. There's three things because it just broke up that way. Uh, three things to keep in mind as you execute your plan. Like... Three things to keep in mind. These aren't earth-shattering. These aren't like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. But three things that like, so we've been talking about making a plan, having something to stick with, and ministry, and all these different things. And so uh, I'll, I'll use, you know, Paige and I's example. We, we sat down, I made some goals for, you know, me personally, us personally, moving forward just this year for our business, for our finances, for all these different things. And we sat down, we talked through those. So we've, we've talked about it. And a lot of times in life, like that's farther than we usually go. You know, we, we hint at things, but we don't ever really sit down. But, but now that we're actually going to execute it, here's three things that, um, we need to keep in mind as we execute it. Three things that as these guys are actually going through with the battle plan that they need to keep in mind. And here's the first one out of what we just read. Uh, faithfulness and the monotony brings results. Faithfulness in the monotony is what brings results. Has anybody ever tried to, I mean, I don't even like the D word, but ever tried to lose weight? Everyone on a diet, right? And like, it sometimes is like, well, not sometimes. The results are not instantaneous, right? You have to be faithful in the monotony. Like, I decide, you know what I want to do? I want to lose some weight, right? And uh, obviously, I haven't because I like cheeseburgers, but uh, whatever. Like, I like burritos and cheeseburgers, so <clears throat> whatever it is. Uh, actually, I like a lot of things, but so you decide, like, okay, I'm going to lose some weight, and then like. Day three, you step on the scale, and it's like, man, I haven't eaten anything but salad for two days, and I'm still not any different. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Faithfulness in the monotony is what brings results. Faithfulness for days and weeks and months. Lifestyle changes. Like, those are what bring results when you start talking about losing weight. You know, and some people can, like, starve themselves, and then you lose a bunch of weight. But what good does that do? Because then, you know, you're hungry, and then you fill it all back in. And so it's, it takes lifestyle changes. Faithfulness in the monotony brings results. What about, like, you decide, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I've got to do better at getting in the Word every day, right? I've got to get in the Word. And so you might decide that. You might say, that's my plan. I'm going to get in the Word and... um Sometimes, like, you get a day in, and it's like, okay, that was good. And then by, like, day three or four, it's like, man, this is kind of dry, right? I don't know why I started in Exodus, but, right? Or I don't know why. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. And, like, sometimes you have, it's, it's got to be faithfulness in the monotony. There's times, I'll, I'll just be honest with you, that you'll go to the Word for your daily reading, and it's going to be like, that was kind of dry. Like, and, but faithfulness in the monotony, uh, is there anybody in here that would be like, uh, that doesn't, that didn't bring, results in the end like that was not profitable in the end you know it generally when you get 
past the dry times, the times that it's like I've been a week and I haven't really got anything here, but I'm going to keep doing it. Like that's when God will give you the greatest things, like just out of out of the blue. And then come to find out, like the things that you thought were dry, once you get to the end, it's like now it all ties back together and all that other stuff, right? All those names meant something, right? Come to find out, you know. Rahab was in the line of Christ, and it's like, well, I didn't even know that. And so, you got to be faithful in the in the monotony. What what about at your job? You ever you ever felt like it's just monotony at your job? Like I do the same thing every day. You know, I I that's one of the things I love about what I do is we we tend to do a lot of different things. But even then, you know, there's monotony, and it's just like it, it's faithfulness in the monotony that brings results, right? Yeah, whatever it is. But when something goes wrong, it's going to be faithfulness in the monotony that's going to bring results. It's anything like that. You know, it's just how it is. It's faithful. If the children of Israel wouldn't have, they'd been like, okay, we've already did this like for three days in a row. What about we skip day four and maybe even day five? Uh, that way we're rested up for day seven because we got a lot of walking that day. Like, it's faithfulness in the monotony that brings results no matter what it is. What about... Uh, I was thinking through this this morning. What about uh, the book of Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah, he's basically a slave to the king. The children, if you know anything about the book of Nehemiah, uh, he uh, he's the children of Israel have been uh, held captive. He's basically a slave, uh, and he's the the king's cupbearer, and he's supposed to put himself before the king every day, and he's supposed to do all this, and he's just like it's just monotonous. Like he's basically just doing his job day in and day out, day in and day out. And then what happens one day? Like he's sad, and the king's like, "Hey, why are you sad?" And then he's like, "Oh, this might not go over very well. I'm supposed to be happy, and uh, you know, it's my job to." And so he he tells the king, you know, and you can go back and read this in the book of Nehemiah. I didn't even put the verses down here, but uh, he's just like, "Well, you know, how am I supposed to be happy when my uh, my people are, you know, basically in slavery, and my city lies in waste? And uh, well, why wouldn't I be?" And so it was faithfulness in the monotony, the day in and day out, doing his job, that the king was like. Well, what would you like me to do to help you? And then what's he do? He's like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, you want to go and uh, you know make a plan to to make your city back like it was? And you know, tell you what, you've even been such a good employee. He didn't say this in the Bible, but that I'll even finance the project for you. Like, what do you need? You need some timbers? Like, you need some you know whatever it is. And so, faithfulness and the monotony sometimes is what's going to bring results. You can decide, I want to lose some weight. You can decide that, hey, we're going to change the way we do this, or we're going to do better at that. And it, there's going, it doesn't matter what it is, there's going to be monotony in it, right? There's going to be like, I just, it's just old. It's just, I'm tired of it. You know, I, I'm doing some drywall work right now. I just, I don't know if anybody knows this about me. I hate drywall work. I love remodel work. I, I, I love anything that I do, really. Drywall, I just don't like because, and here's why. I told Brent this on the way home. I'm like, if drywall was just what we did yesterday, we went and hung it, and I taped it all. I'm like, okay, and check mark, drywall's done. No, now I have to go back and do the exact same thing for like four more days. And so that's what I don't like about it. I like to, I like to see progress and move on. And so even if it's like a job you don't like to do, at least you can do it and move on. But no, you gotta do the same thing like six times. Well, sometimes in life, you've gotta do the same thing like, I don't know, five times a week, every week, over and over again. For what? You know, for God to prove your faithfulness in whatever it is. And so whatever it is that you're like deciding, hey, okay, so this is what our plans are. We gotta move forward on it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not like super stoked about family game night because I just don't have a lot of time. And if I do have time, I'd rather just like sit down and hang out with my wife or, you know, do something different. But it's like, 
you know, maybe if I'm just faithful in the monotony and I beat them a bunch of board games, that they'll realize that, like, okay, this is this is worth it, you know. And so, it, whatever it is, you know, you just got to be faithful in the in the monotony, whatever it is. And so, I I say that tongue in cheek. I I'll do anything, you know, with my wife and kids. It's just some things are just like that doesn't sound like the most fun. Like we could have family work days. Uh, let's go out and like clear the brush, and let's go out and you know, anyway. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's go, guys. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. The first thing you got to keep in keep in mind as you execute your plan is that, that faithfulness and the monotony is what brings results. Okay. Faithfulness. <laughs> I'm going to skip right over that. Faithfulness and the monotony is what brings results, right? No matter what it is. Uh, the second thing is we, as we move on. So like, they're just faithful. They're faithful to walk around the city day after day after day. Like after day four, I'd have been like, uh, who signed up Joshua to be the, the ruler of this thing? Like, there's gotta be a better plan. Like, this is, can't be the best thing. It's faithfulness in the, you want me to get up again? Like, can't we sleep in today and then walk around the city? No, it says they get up early every day. Like, they're faithful every day to just do it. And right? And what does it do? It brings results. Uh, here's the second thing. Each person, number two, uh, buying into the plan is going to bring results. Each person buying into the plan is going to bring results. Pick up in verse 18. And ye, so they, they, uh, they talked about saving Rahab, and ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when you take the accursed thing uh, and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. And so we're going to talk a lot about that starting next week as we get into the accursed thing. But verse 19, but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20, so the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the shout of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that all the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Like, there's no battle. You don't read about any battle. It's just like they shouted, the walls fell down, and they went and took the city. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, every man straight before him and took the city. And verse 21, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. Each person... Buying into the plan brings results. If they would have walked, marched around the city seven times and Josh had been like, shout, and they'd have been like, I, I don't really feel like yelling, or like only some of them did. Or, you know, uh, I, I don't know, I just don't feel like getting up today, Joshua, so y'all go and let me know how it turns out. Like each person buying into whatever it is your plan is, whatever it is your vision is, like that's what's going to bring results. Everybody has to be bought in. You know, you can't decide one day that, hey, we're going to change things in the ministry and this is what we're going to do. And like the people are like, that sounds like a really dumb idea. Like I'm not in on that. Like that's not going to bring results. It's no different. Like I could hire a bunch of people uh, in my business, which I'm never going to do because it would I would never sleep. But that's just how I am. But I could hire a bunch of people and I could be like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right. We're going to go and we're going to get all this work done. And like if they don't buy in, there are no results. You know, if nobody decides to work until I'm on the job, there's not going to be any results. Well, no matter what it is, I can decide, hey, uh, babe, we're going to uh, start, you know, doing this once a month. We're going to start doing this. And if she's just like, yeah, whatever, I got other things to do. Like, if you're not bought in, if everybody's not bought in, there will be no results. Does that make sense? Like, no matter what it is in life, you can have great ideas. If people don't buy into what you're talking about, there are not going to be results. And you have to understand that. Like, when everybody does their part, things happen. It's like the body of Christ. 
everybody, I don't expect everybody to come in and do everything. But when everybody just does their little piece, right? You are the body of Christ, it talks about in Corinthians. Like, you know, what, what are you? You're like the, the pinky toe of the body, whatever, right? Are you the right leg of the body? Just do what that part does and do it well. Then the other parts can work around it. That's just how it works. <laughs> when everybody does their part, things would happen, right? Back to the, my analogy with the book of Nehemiah, right? So they're, they're rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. And how did that go? It wasn't like Nehemiah went and he was like, okay, I got to do this whole thing myself. Because that's like something dumb I would do. I'd be like, all right, I got to do it all myself because I don't have any help and I'm just going to do it. Because I, I get overwhelmed and I'm just like, I'll do it myself. I had something happen this week that was uh, very unfortunate. Um, I had somebody let me down. I'm not even going to get into the details, but uh, I had somebody that had given me their word that they were going to do something and come to find out after uh, several weeks of being led on that they were not going to do it. And like, I was... I was angry. I'm usually, I usually don't get angry, but I was very angry with this person. And uh, I'm like, fine, you know what? Uh, instead of finding somebody else to do it, I'll just do it myself because that's what I have to do. Like, I, just, I don't have time to rely on anybody else. I'll just do it myself. Nehemiah wasn't just like, hey, I'm just going to go build the walls around Jerusalem all on my own. Like, I'm just going to do it. Joshua wasn't like, well, I've got the Lord on my side. I'm just going to go and you know shout really loud at the wall, and then the people can come afterwards and we'll take the city. Like, everybody has to do their part. You know, Nehemiah, he's just like, hey, here's, here's the deal, guys. Uh, I don't expect you to do a lot. Just build the wall in front of your house. And then the guy next to you, if he just builds the wall in front of his house, then, you know, we do this far enough and then we'll have a wall all the way around. Just do your part, no matter what it is. You know, God gave me this kind of phrase uh, a few years ago and I still stick to it. Like, just do one thing well. Whatever it is I've called you to do, just do that well. And until you can do one thing well, stop spreading yourself so thin, trying to do 10 different things not so well because you don't have time to put towards it. Just do that. And so, you know, uh, here, here's a here's another side note, though, as I, as I read through this story, and I, I wasn't going to get too much into the story, but something I kind of wanted to bring up is, so they, they walk around the city seven times. Joshua's like, hey, shout, and the walls are going to fall. And if you do any kind of research on what the what Jericho looked like, this was like multi-level walled systems. Like I was reading some commentary, which I don't really encourage you to do because some of these guys are just like totally whacked out. Like the, the, the depravity of man and the way that they try to explain away the things of the Bible, it's just like, are you serious? Like I read one thing and this guy was like, uh, I'm sure that, you know, the Bible scholars don't just understand that there was a coincidence that there was uh, an earthquake when they shouted and, you know, now they use that in their Bible that, you know, their shout made the wall. I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. Like, you know, just happened to be. And even if it was, you know, because things happen by coincidence, right? God can do anything. Like, I don't care if it was an earthquake that brought the wall down. God did it, you know, no matter what. So anyway, but I was reading through some different things and they were talking about like how walled this city was and how Jericho was actually set up to go uh, several months like without having to ever open the walls of the city. Like they had a water source inside. It wasn't like they could live without the outside world. And so they were prepared to wait this thing out and it was not a big deal. Like it wasn't just like a stone wall like you see in the kids' stories. Like they had like a legitimate like multi-tiered wall system. Um, and, you know, apparently archaeologists can can prove this the way that it was designed even today. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not that guy. I just, I just read and I read the Bible and I take it for what it says. So anyway, they go and they shout, and the walls fall down. And then it says right after that, that what happens? Like that there was this massive battle when they stormed into Jericho and like there was a big fight and a lot of people died. No, it says that they shouted, they went in and took the city. Like there wasn't even a battle. There wasn't even anything to write about. And 
I got to thinking about that. I'm like, why is that? Why was there not this mass? Like they've watched the, the children march around the city, and like some even, they're like, they're not even scared. Like they're not even like worried that something's going to happen because they're trusting in this massive wall that they've got. That there ain't no way they're getting in. Like they can march around and dance and do whatever they want. You shout as loud as you want. You're not getting past our walls. And <clears throat> they were caught so off guard when the walls of the city fell down that there wasn't even a fight. And you know. It really reminds me of the way we do things in our life. We, we find one thing, whatever it is, that we're going to trust in. Like, that's the thing that I trust in. Like, nothing can get through that. And generally, it's not Christ. And we're trusting in the wrong thing. And then when whatever it is that we're trusting in lets us down, like, we're totally caught off guard. And we have no energy to battle, no matter what it is, right? We can say that, you know, hey, I'm not going to do this sin anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I've got, you know, too much self-control. I'm not going to do that. And then the next thing you know, like, the wall falls down, my barrier falls down, and then what? I'm left, you know, standing there. I have no fight left in me. Like, you have to be able to not trust in things that that, that will fall. Like, only Christ is the only thing that only Christ is the only thing. Christ is the only thing I can't talk today that, that you should be able to rely on. Like it doesn't matter how big their wall was. It doesn't matter how many times it had worked before with people trying to attack Jericho. Like they weren't trusting in the right thing. There was no battle because like the children of Israel shouted and these people were like, what are they yelling about? And then all of a sudden the walls fall down. Like it wasn't like they were standing there like, with their, with their, you know, machine guns because they didn't have those then, right? Or with their swords and their spears or whatever they were fighting with at the time. It wasn't like they were like waiting for a battle to happen. Like they were caught with their pants down because they didn't expect anything to happen. They didn't, they were relying on something that wasn't, wasn't going to, to, to keep them, right? You know, there wasn't a battle recorded because the people of Jericho were not thinking there was going to be a battle. They were trusting in the wrong thing. You know, when you put your trust in the wrong thing, there's always going to be destruction in your life, no matter what it is. You know, if it's uh, drugs or if it's alcohol or if it's a person or if it's uh, a thing, right, a hobby, whatever. If you put your trust in the wrong thing, like there will always be destruction in your life. I've never met anybody who, you know, it might work for a while, but it will never like, it will never replace the only thing that you really can put your trust in, which is Christ. The only thing that will be consistent throughout. You know, we might say, well, I got this person in my life now, and they really uh, help keep me grounded. Uh, if that person's not Christ, you're wrong. Like, I'll just be honest with you. It doesn't matter what it is. I have this thing in my life. I have this job now. I have this whatever. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, people put their trust in a uh, job. Well, I, we're secure now. I promise. It doesn't matter how secure you think your job is. I've seen people lose them. Uh, it just, even if it had nothing to do with you, it just happens. And so don't put your trust in the wrong thing because the wall will fall down. It just does. And so that's, that's the second thing. Each person buying into the plan is going to bring results. And the last thing as we, you know, talk about execution of the plan, we're moving on, uh, next week, we're getting past this, but you have to allow God to get the glory because of the results. You have to allow God to get the glory because of the results. They shout really loud. The walls fall down. They go in and kill everybody because that's what God told them to do. Verse 22. But Joshua said unto the two men that spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all... and all that she hath, as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought the, uh, out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Verse 24. And they burnt the city with fire. And all that was therein, only the silver and the gold of the treasury of the house of the, uh, only, uh, 
silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even to this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua uh, had sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjourned them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof uh, in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates uh, of it. And then verse 27. So God just did this massive miraculous thing. Like you can't even comprehend what just happened, right? And Joshua was like the the, the ruler of the whole thing. He was the obedient uh, servant who went through with the plan. And then people in turn followed him. Okay, verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Now, when we read that, when you read that, that phrase, okay, you get to the end of the chapter, and it says, Now the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Well, whose fame was noised throughout all the country? Was it Joshua's fame, or was it the Lord's fame? Like, at the end of the day, it's one and the same. Joshua has fame because the Lord did the work, right? And the Lord should have fame because we do the work that he asked us to do. Like at the end of the day, we could sit here and say, well, uh, when it says his, it's not capitalized, so it can't be talking about the Lord. I'm telling you that if Joshua was obedient in his life to do what God told him to do, and he's getting the glory, that Joshua's just going to give it back, right? And like, if we're just simply obedient to do what it is that God's called us to do, you got to make sure that God's getting the glory for it. You know, that's one thing that I pray constantly I, I pray this multiple times a day like y'all go through seasons where i pray for different things and you know I, i'm better in my prayer life than others like multiple times a day i just pray that god gets the glory out of everything that i do like anything that i touch if i'm building something if i have relationships uh, if i teach if i do whatever i just want god to get the glory for it i don't care if people think that we can build cool things because cool things are going to burn right they do and that, at the end of the day it's just stuff like, I just want God to get the glory for everything that I do. Like, some people think, I don't even do anything that's that important, right? Uh, there's times that my wife is like, you know, uh, I didn't do anything today. You know, I just hung out. I'm like, I know you're lying to me because, like, that's what she says when she's sarcastic. Because, like, not only does she keep two kids and homeschools Hallie, which I know she does the videos, but she's still a huge part of that. Like, there's a million things going on all the time. And it's, you might be somebody that's like, I don't even do anything. I promise if you do it for the Lord, he gets glory for it, no matter what it is. Even the simplest things in the world, like, just give God the glory for it, and, and he, he'll continue to bless it. You know, Joshua was like, uh, there was a lot of ways I could have went about this thing, uh, about taking over Jericho. But what did he do? He did it God's way, and like the his, God's fame or God's fame is just noised abroad because of it. Whatever it is in your life that you're like, okay, this is our plan moving forward. We're going to have game night. We're going to you know go on a date. We're going to uh, do better about being in the word. We're going to do better about our finances. We're going to, whatever it is that your plan is for the year that you're trying to, you know, focus on this year, like make sure that God gets the glory for it. Because I promise if it was God's plan from the start and you're just simply being obedient to, to play it out, like when you shout, God's going to come through, but make sure that he gets the glory at the end of it. So we've been talking a lot about this planning thing and it almost seems redundant. And I hope somebody got something out of it, but at the end of the whole thing, if God's not glorified, who cares? Like, no matter what it is in your life, if at the end, if God's not glorified, who cares? Right? Hey, we talk about having a strong marriage. We talk about having a strong family. We talk about having a strong ministry, a strong church. If God's not glorified, who cares? It's just, it's just that. 
Like, we have to make sure that God gets the glory for it. Like, I, I pray that you guys did have time, or if you will still have time, to sit down and make some plans moving forward for your own personal life, for your ministry, uh, for your walk with Christ, for all these different things. But if God's not glorified, does it really matter? Like, is, it, is, there, internal, is there eternal, you know, rewards for it? Or is it wood, hay, and stubble? Because that's what you got to ask yourself. Like, is God getting the glory for what I'm doing? Right? And sometimes it's like, what I'm doing right now doesn't seem like a really glorious thing. I, I promise that if you do it with the right attitude, like, God can get the glory for it. So, as we wrap this whole thing up, like, you need to allow God to get the glory because of the results. So, that kind of puts a bow on this thing. Um, it's kind of a different way to go through uh, the siege of Jericho. But at the end of the day, like, without a good plan, it was never going to work. Right? And without it being God's plan, it was never going to work. So uh, we'll get into uh, chapter 7 next week and some of the things that are in that. And uh, We're going to wrap up the book of Joshua fairly quickly. Obviously, we're not teaching through the whole thing because you guys would uh, all leave because you can only talk about like uh, this tribe getting this land and how far it goes and this tribe getting this land and how far it goes before you'd be like, okay, we've talked about this. So uh, I'm, we're still kind of praying about, I'm still praying about where we're going next. I think I have a pretty good idea, but um, I think God's got some exciting things in store for just the Passpoint class as a whole, moving out, moving on through the rest of the year. And so um, I pray that, you know, we're giving him the glory for all of it. So with that, let's pray uh, and we'll get out of here. I pray for, uh, Lord, I just thank you for uh, being good to us. And pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches this morning. And pray that uh, you just give him uh, uh, just your spirit um, to uh, to preach the word boldly. I pray that lives are changed. Uh, Lord, I do pray for uh, just uh, all the families uh, of HBF and uh, in particular Passpoint as uh, we just go about uh, the rest of today. Uh, it's just a, a day of rest is what uh, it is, uh, a Sunday, Lord. So I do pray that you would just uh, refresh our minds, our bodies, um, Lord, and get us ready to really serve you the rest of the week. Pray that we would just reflect on some of these things that we've talked about over the last several weeks and um, that we would allow it to have an impact on our life. Um, Lord, we, a lot of times we think we know uh, whatever it is that we're talking about, but uh, it we need to understand that without you, we don't have any wisdom. So, uh, Lord, I pray you send us out this week as lights in a dark world, that you get the honor and the glory from our lives, and that we would just uh, choose to serve you uh, each and every day uh, as Joshua did. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.